Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by James Hardy Siding, the best siding on the planet. Texas, Stephenville, Texas. Dylan, welcome to WBAP. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Um, basically, my question, I am thinking about building or wanting to build shelves and a workbench in my garage. Okay. With the price of lumber skyrocketing, I'm kind of holding off until, I guess, hopefully it returns to normal. Do you expect it to do that? Or should I, I look into other options? You know, it, it's actually already started coming down. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The, the, uh... What happened was during COVID, they weren't cutting trees enough. They didn't have people working in the sawmills. Uh, and we just started running short because everybody staying home started doing remodeling projects and stuff. So now they've gone out and they overcut. And now all the lumber yards or the, uh, you know, where they cut the, the trees and everything, they're overfilling with lumber so the prices have already started coming down and i think we're going to even out before the end of the year okay awesome thank you you bet take care now if somebody wants to build a workbench and you don't want to wait for the cost of lumber to come down you can build it out of other materials i mean uh they make a lot of workbenches where you got steel legs and then you just have wood on the surface, and some of them even have steel on the surface, but that gets into some pretty pricey stuff. And quite frankly, I like working off the wood surface better anyway, so I you know, would recommend that you put a wood surface on it. But uh, the steel ones, I mean, even some of the shell, I've got one out in my garage right now that uh, was built out of shelving material, uh, the legs and everything, and they work great. They're, it's not a not an issue. But yes, lumber pricing is starting to head down. In fact, if you look at the commodity markets, the wood has already started dropping. It hasn't reached the stores real heavy yet, but it will before the end of the year. And uh, we'll start seeing things return to normal. I don't believe it's going to go all the way back down like it was before because they're added expenses nowadays. But you will see it drop down further it says hello jim the back add-on section of my house needs to be raised it's pier and beam foundation but when i consult with foundation companies they say that i need to remove the brick from the home these bricks are already covering asbestos siding it's an old house 1950 how do i find a brick removal company well First of all, if, if it's got the old asbestos siding behind it, the brick was added to the house. And more than likely, the reason they're telling you to take it off is it's got a separate foundation for the brick from the house. And so if you try to move the house, the brick's going to fall off anyways because it's probably not attached properly to begin with and it's on a separate foundation. Uh, as far as finding somebody to remove the brick, there's really not a brick removal company. You'll be looking for a brick mason. They can remove it. Uh, quite frankly, any contractor can be can remove the brick, but if you want to reuse the brick, 
you'll you'll go with the brick mason because they can take it off, clean it up, and reuse the brick to put it back on. And you maybe don't want to cover the entire wall with brick. You maybe just want to come up a little ways and and go with a different siding the rest of the way up. Uh, the other thing is you mentioned the asbestos siding. And the asbestos siding was very popular on older homes like that. Um, you know, it was put in, a lot of it in the 40s, 50s. And people get very concerned about living in a house that has that on it. I grew up in a house with that on it. It's not a problem as long as you don't start drilling on it and breaking it and doing things that make dust. It's the asbestos dust that's a problem. Just having that siding on, and quite frankly, that siding didn't have huge amounts of uh, asbestos in it to begin with. So you may want to just go ahead and take the brick off, take that siding off, and uh, put new siding on. I would not cover that old asbestos siding with another siding. And just so everybody's aware, if you hire a contractor to take that asbestos siding off, he has to pay disposal fees and taking care of that stuff basically forever. The way the laws are written on this, if you take it off, you're actually allowed to just take it to the landfill and be done with it. And it really reduces your expenses. So not telling you do it or don't do it. I'm just kind of giving you your options on that one. David, how are you today? Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. Real quickly, I'm going to ask a question and hang up and listen because I'm driving. Paper tape on the seams in my garage on the sheetrock is beginning to separate in sections. And it seems to be something that kind of got looked like it got worse after the freeze. And I was thinking maybe the, the severe cold that we had had did something with the compound in those seams. But or is it just shoddy work from the from the house is 20 years old? So I'm going to hang up and listen to your feedback, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. You bet. Uh, typically what's causing this issue is actually the humidities that we have. You know, the, the moisture gets into the sheetrock and it starts that tape coming loose. Very common problem in garages. And the reason it looked like you got uh, it got faster after the freeze is because any moisture that was in there possibly froze, expands a little bit. Yes, it can cause it to accelerate a little bit. Uh, by now, it should have gone back down into the the normal mode it was at before. But it only gets to a certain point, and then it really just falls off. Uh, you can figure that in most cases, and I'm not saying all cases, but most cases, the garage has to be retaped and floated anywhere from 20 to 30 years uh, and, and it has to be redone that, that often. Uh, it just isn't made for the humidity levels that we have. Now, one thing that could help, and why builders don't do it, is simply because of money, but, you know, the, the green rock or the moisture-resistant rock that is made for bathrooms and is not made for the tub surround and shower, but it's actually supposed to be what they're using on the walls and ceilings in the bathroom, if that's used in a garage, you'd have far less of that issue in the garage as well. So if you are building a house, you may want to request that. Tim, how are you today? 
I'm doing good, Jim. Thanks for your show. Thank I, you. I, I got a question. I, I just I bought a new house, and it's got 11 foot ceilings and a, and a well, okay, it's now a four four year old air conditioning system. But I also just found out recently that we are allowed uh, by the HOA to put uh, 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 solar panels on the roof as long as you can't see them from the street. Okay. Um. So my question would be. Uh, and, and I honestly don't know enough about solar panels to know, and I don't know if, if you do either, but my question is, even in the hottest July, August, September climates, we barely break $200 on our electric bill. Is it worth it to put solar panels on? And I, I, it's real, it's a single floor of, of ranch style, but it's got very steep roofs. So I've got... Right. Roughly a thousand feet of roof space that I could put uh, solar panels on. In which way? Is, is it, which direction would that be facing? Um, it would be north and west. Then chances are real good it may not pay for you to do it. That's uh, what I was worried about. Yeah, and here's what you got to look at: the sun has to be shining. To get peak performance out of solar panels, the sun has to be shining directly at them. And if you start getting an offset view of it, the the uh, power that it produces drops rapidly. That's the reason yeah, when you I look at these big simple. solar these solar farms and stuff. Those all move yes. and they follow the sun for that yes. reason. And when these when these neighborhoods limit it that way, they're really making it where it's not cost effective. Yeah, I know light itself is not necessarily what we need. We need direct sunlight. Correct. And I do get I do get direct sunlight from about noon till the end of the day. Yeah. Um, but is is it worth the you know all the batteries and the installation and the different roofing composition, um, or is it just because Honestly, I'm, you know, it, it, it's, and this has been coming up be, between a bunch of us in the neighborhood. If, if, if we're paying less than $200 a month in electric bill in August, is it yeah. really worth it? Because that's cheap. Well, uh, it, so. it is cheap. Okay. And, and the deal is, um, you typically, when you first make this move to solar, you're typically not saving anything. Because the payments on the solar equipment cost uh, enough that all they're trying to do at first is offset the cost of their equipment. Then, yeah. as, as the cost of electricity goes up, that's where you start saving because you're still generating off the old dollars. Uh, but the average is like 12, 12 to 15 years before solar panels pay for themselves. Oh, crap, and I'd be then, by then. It, well, and, <laughs> and and quite honestly, 25 years is the life expectancy of them. Oh, really? Yeah, I know the batteries, and, and that, that, I understand that. Oh, no, that's and not the got... batteries. That's the solar panels themselves. Oh, really? They wear really? out over time and have to be replaced. Okay. So what makes, okay. the, what makes solar power affordable is the tax credits you get, the rebates you get, and all that stuff. And if you had to take all that out of the equation, solar doesn't pay for itself. But because okay. of the tax credits, the rebates, and everything, that's how they balance it out to where you break even the first several years 
then you start recouping as electricity costs more and more over time, and you're still buying it at the old rate. Yeah, and at the old rate, exactly. Who knows what's going to happen in 10 years from now when they get rid of whatever fossil fuels they're using to make electricity. But I was also kind of looking at it from, all right, I got, you know, maybe a 1,000 square feet of roof space. Is that going to run everything in my house to where I don't have an electric bill and I save $200 a month every month? I don't. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Yeah. So I, I was just curious if that was yeah. if it's worth my effort. That will not be enough to run the entire house. Okay. All right. Very good. Uh, thank you for your time, sir. You bet. You take care. Enjoy your show. Thanks. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's uh, head into Houston. Mark, this is Jim. How can I help you? Yes, hi Jim. Um, yeah, I've heard you talk about uh, people getting, keeping their uh, hot water heaters efficient by by having them flushed regularly. Uh, my situation is that I've not flushed a uh, flushed it out um, for about four or two years. I just want to know: is it still will it still get better with flushing at this stage, or where is it? You said it's been four years. I'd say about four. Yeah, about four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, typically once you cross two years, mm-hmm. uh, you've gone beyond where it's going to do any good anymore. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I didn't do it, but, but I just didn't want to oh, waste, don't, the, waste uh, the time. And I'm going that. to be honest yeah. with you. Don't worry about it a bit. I don't do it to my own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> okay, well, that, that's great. Well, good. Thank you very much. And, you and bet. I, I do enjoy your show and get a lot out of it. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. 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 Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things, yes, you can do it, and it'll help with the crackling noises and different things. But once it's been left over two years, the stuff is locked into place. Uh, realistically, you got to do it like every six months for it to, to really be helpful for you. Hello, is it Sammy? Sammy's there. How can I help you? Yeah, uh, Jim, uh, i got a place up in the country, uh, about 15 years ago, it's like a garage barn. Uh, I had replaced the uh, bottom 12 inches of siding, kind of that particle board stuff. And yeah. uh, it's kind of deteriorated again due to the humidity up in East Texas and the uh, rain. And I was kind of thinking, uh, since the rest of the siding is really good shape, what are your thoughts about maybe just trimming around the bottom uh, section with uh, hardy plank? Uh, doing it myself, never installed hardy plank before. I know all about what you talk about. I'd just like to get your thoughts and uh, the installation procedure for a home doer. Oh, absolutely. It can be done. Is is uh, this the 4 by 8 sheets? I'm kind of thinking, no, that's the smaller one. The one that's like about, uh, they come in 16-foot uh, joints at the lumber yard. Or right, but no, I'm, a- I'm asking what you have for siding right now. Is it the 4 by 8 sheets? Yes. Okay. Uh, and you you said you already cut the bottom off once, right? Yeah, 15 years ago, but it's deteriorated again, right? Sure. So if it was me, I mean, you can come up about three feet and do just what you're talking about. Cut that section off, and you could either go with the lap siding like you're talking about or just go with the 4 by 8 sheets of stucco look and okay. use a Z-strip 
between the two sidings. And what the Z-strip does is it slides up underneath your existing siding and then comes out and down over the new siding. And that's just to keep the water from going in behind everything. And, right. uh, you know, like I say, you could go with the lap like you're talking about. You could go with a, a stucco look. You could actually use the wood shake. Any number of designs where you got a nice bottom and a different style on top. And, and that's actually modernizing the place as well. A lot of places are doing that now. Yeah, I want to keep that bottom section in my in my old age now from a deteriorating again yep. and just falling apart. Uh, something that's going to hold up. Yeah. Okay. Oh. By all means, yeah, all right. go ahead. Okay, I appreciate that. Thank you, you and bet. enjoy listening to your show. Thank you, sir. Let's head into Fort Worth. Wes, how can I help you? Hey, Jim, I'd like to hear what you think about lumber prices. Um, I, futures just closed around 580, I think. Um, so it looks like the bottom's dropped out of the market, but I, I haven't started seeing it much at the retail centers yet. I wanted to get your opinion on that. Yeah, it, you you won't. The bottom has dropped out because uh, I mean they they really started cutting on, you know, where out of fifty acres they would normally cut ten acres. They've been cutting twenty and twenty five acres, and so they've overloaded the the uh, manufacturers of lumber, the the sawmills. That hasn't hit to the to the retail stores yet, but. We should be. I've been. I've been predicting before the end of the year. Uh, I'm. I'm guessing right now that we're probably about three more months out. All right. And so, if if I were to build a home, you know, and the builder's buying tons of sticks, is, yep. is he going to see that sooner than I am? If I go to like a box store, he should, right? Uh, going to a lumber yard, he's more than likely going to see it sooner than you will at the box stores. Yes. Uh, okay. And the builders, quite frankly, they're gonna they're gonna get it first. Now, the thing that and the reason I'm putting it so far out is because a lot of builders have been putting off starting to build, and so they're gonna be scooping up all the stuff at first, and then it'll make it down to the rest of us. But it, it is coming, and, and it should drop down pretty pretty quick. Charlie, this is Jim. How can I help? Hi, I have a uh, condo with a. Uh, it is called a floating floor. Uh-huh. Um, it's, you know, wood, a wood look. Yeah. And uh, where it meets the tile of the kitchen, the the wooden floor it is popping up a little bit. It, it's raised up a an eighth of an inch or maybe three sixteenths for a along a, a length of uh, maybe a foot or eighteen inches. And uh, of course, you can you can step on it and it goes right down to get down. But if you the minute you let up, it, it puffs back up again. So getting on, I, I wonder how to fix that. Is there a a uh, a board or anything that joins the two pieces together, or are they just butted up against each other? They're just butted, butted up against uh, one another. I think it's, yeah. it's maybe four or six inch uh, sections, uh, maybe maybe three boards. Yeah, it looks like three boards for a section, but yeah, and that's probably where the problem is, because uh, on those floating floors that way, they have to have a gap yeah. all the way around because they expand and contract, and when they yeah. don't have that gap, if when it expands, it'll start to bulge up just a little bit, 
and and uh, so typically there's a a wooden threshold or something you know that uh, that goes across there in order to cover up the gap between the tile and the wood floor and without that they get them too close together and that's when it'll start popping up like that oh yeah the, the um, floor isn't real close to the tile but it's a kind of floor by itself that's popping up it, it seems like there's there is a somewhat of a gap between the floor and the tile uh, but, is it um, you're, anywhere you're from a, anywhere from a quarter to a half inch I don't think it's a quarter. It's more like an eighth. Yeah, and see, all manufacturers require at least a quarter inch, and some of them up to a half inch. Oh, okay. So I think that's probably where the issue is. Okay, so you're thinking one one of those, uh, um, I don't know what to call basically a board that covers up the crack, and it's got a a slope on either side. Yeah, I kind of hate to have that in the... Some sort of trip over, but anyway, at least it looks better and keeps it down, I guess. Okay. Yep. And what's okay. that called again? Sorry. It's... I, I yeah, I can't remember what they call them, uh, but it's really just a threshold type board there. Okay. I'll, I'll get then. I guess those glue down or nail down. Usually, there's a plastic piece that you can mount into the floor itself, into the concrete, and then it snaps into place. Oh. Oh. It has to go, have to drill a hole or something yep. between the yeah into the concrete. Yep, and you're going to end up cutting that wood floor back a little bit as well. To be able to drill the hole and yep, put the mounting. Okay. okay, okay. I guess my meal has some directions when I buy it at the at the at the. Oh yeah, store. stop by a a, a floor and decor store, and they'll okay. have all the information you need and all the supplies you need to do it. Okay, floor and decor. Okay, almost up there. All righty, you take okay. care. Will, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hi, Jim, thank you. Um, we bought a house just recently. It's a small house in Dallas. It's about 16 years old, and it's all electric. And there's no gas going to the to the subdivision. But what I was interested in is seeing if it's practical or safe to run a propane line from the outside that there'd be an outside propane tank through the walls so that we could have a dual energy range gas on the burner and electricity you know electric in the oven um so is it okay to get a propane system into a house like that absolutely done all the time and in fact i i'm pretty seriously thinking about doing it to my own house uh i'm going to be having to change out my air conditioning heating system before too long and i'm really leaning towards going with a propane tank this time how long uh there's only going to be two people living in the house how long would a moderate sized propane tank last and and is every does it matter whether a a a range burns natural gas or propane is are the fitments all the same no, you you do have to have a different orifice for the propane versus natural gas, but th- that's no big deal. Every every place that sells a, a range for natural gas, they have all the stuff you need to make it a propane as well. So that won't be any problem at all. Um, as, as far as how long the tank lasts, well, that all depends on how often you're going to cook. 
is there a company in Dallas you'd recommend we get in touch with that could do this? You know, no, I, I don't have one that I recommend, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I haven't uh, really ever searched anybody out for hooking it up. Uh, when I do when I do the one at my own house, I'm going to do it with my own plumbers. Uh, so I, I haven't had to search okay. out that yet. All right. Well, we can research that. We'll call plumbing companies that are that tell us that they're capable of doing that then. All well, right. your your bigger so issue is not going to be the, the the big issue is not going to be finding all plumbers can pretty much do the gas system for you. I mean, I shouldn't say all; some aren't where they should, but most plumbers are going to be able to do that part for you. Uh, where, what you really need to search out is getting somebody to set the tank for you and service the tank. That's that's where your your big search is going to be. And would every tank that we would consider using be a permanently installed tank that would have to be topped off when it's emptied, or is there such a thing as having a tank of adequate capacity that's just replaceable and refillable? No, you're you're going to end up putting in one that's mounted. I mean, a permanent tank. Okay. So your choices are going to be, you know, one of those big oval tanks above ground, or they do make buried systems now as well. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you. We'll start pursuing that. Thank you. Okie doke. Just wanted to make sure it was feasible. Oh, yeah, definitely. Take care. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. And, uh, yes, uh, you can you can run the entire house on those propane tanks. And by that, I mean not just your cooktop, but like I'm looking at doing for the heating system. Uh, you can do tankless water heaters or a tank-type water heater. Uh, virtually... Everything that you would use natural gas on, you can use propane. It is a minus orifice change in order to make that switch over to it. So uh, it, it is well worth looking into. And if you go into the northern states, very common for them not to have natural gas, but everybody has a tank in the backyard because it is more efficient for heating uh, than using electric. And especially after this last winter, yeah, I'm thinking pretty serious about when I'm changing out my system to, to make that change. So I had an email come in from David and Richardson, and I actually get this periodically from people. Do you know where I can donate my existing kitchen granite countertops, faucet, cabinets, cooktop, microwave oven, combo, and good tile flooring? And a lot of times people are asking where they can donate doors and you know different things like that. They're still good. They just don't need them for their stuff. Well, if you will just Google repurpose building materials and, you know, list whatever city you're in, you will get a list of places that actually take those type of materials and put them back out for people to buy and use. Uh, you know, some of them are, oh, uh, you know, wrecking companies. Some of them are reclaimed companies, different things like that. But... There are a lot of companies who specialize in doing that, and they're actually fairly easy to find. And some of them, not not a whole lot, but some of them will actually buy this stuff from you as well, depending on what it is. So if you're uh, doing a project and you got a bunch of leftover stuff, it, it may be worth your time and money to check it out. 
So we had somebody call in and ask about mosquitoes. And, you know, they got rid of their standing water and, and everything, and they're still having a lot of mosquitoes. Well, quite frankly, a lot of people are because we're getting rain darn near every day. And the mosquitoes are literally able to grow even in the grass and stuff. But there are things you can do and products you can use to keep them away from you. Uh, there's stuff out there like mosquito nicks. Uh, ABC Pest Control has a, a product very similar. And those are misters that you literally, they run these little tubes and they can go all the way around a fence in a yard or just in a patio area, things like that. And every so often it'll just send out a little mist of, of product that will keep mosquitoes away. It's just stuff that doesn't attract the mosquitoes. And that actually works extremely well, and it doesn't have to be a toxic product. Now, are there some that are chemicals? Sure, you bet. Depends on what you want to use. But there are some that work off of citrus, and those work extremely well, and they're non-toxic. There's some that work with cedar oil as well. In fact, if you go to cedarside dot com uh those are all natural products there that they have stuff uh for taking care of mosquitoes and that that you can put around your yard also so there there's several options now you know getting rid of the standing water that's extremely important uh in some cases though you get the water out it rains and guess what you got water standing again uh right now and I know it's difficult to get chlorine tablets and stuff but there's kind of a, an abundance of bleach since we're not using it as heavy after the pandemic. You know, you can put a little bleach in water and it'll keep it from uh, mosquitoes being able to grow. So add that to the areas that get water when it rains. And so the next time it rains, you don't have to worry about that standing water growing mosquitoes. So you do have ways of working around it. But like I said, ABC pest control can take care of it for you or mosquito nicks with uh you know uh regular systems that they can install to help you with that kind of stuff and uh, that would be that would be the direction i would head now there's one other option uh, that used to be extremely popular and that was fogging and you can actually can still get fog machines that uh, you go out you fog an area and for so long, it does help. The The reason these misters work better is they're continuously able to give that little blast of mist to keep it away. Where with the fogger, you fog, yeah, you're good for several hours. So you would do it before you have a party or something. And the next thing you know, the mosquitoes are back because the fog has dissipated and, and uh, the product is no longer sitting out uh, where, where it can get rid of things. You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com. 